Let me, um, let me tell you about one of my happy places. This is a photo of my friend Ron and I backpacking the North Country Trail. The trail follows uh, Lake Superior and crosses nearly the entire Upper Peninsula from, from east to west. One of the things that I, I love about the trail is that each, each mile is, is unique. Sometimes the, the trail is, is elevated above Lake Superior and you're looking down at the water. Other times the, the trail is on the same level as, as the water. Here's, um, here's another photo of our time on the trail. And I just make the observation that the, that the weather and the terrain uh, changes from, from day to day and sometimes from hour to hour. But there's always, there's always discovery. Uh, there's, there's new colors. There's, uh, there's a freshness. There's, there's challenge, but there's always wonder and beauty on the trail. Whether that's from old growth forests or rock formations or waterfalls or sand dunes. Now, I, I offer that to you because for me, the North Country Trail is a metaphor for, for our life in God. And I, and I, I listened to, to what Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and I, can, and I can identify with it when he says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him but God is revealing it to us by his spirit. Now, I could, um, I could show you more photos of, of the trail and Lake Superior on Instagram. We could, we could talk about it. We could tell stories. Uh, we could even research and, and study the region, all of which has, has value. But the reason the North Country Trail is a happy place for me is because I get to experience it. It's like the, what the Bible says, to taste and to see that the Lord is good. The, the vast ocean of, of God's love cannot be, um, cannot be measured. It can't be fully explained, but it can be experienced. Forty years ago today, the Spirit of God birthed a new congregation. And if I were to, to describe the launch of this church in one word, it would be the word experience. We had tasted and we had experienced God's presence. And we wanted to live there because we discovered that that's our happy place. On your notes, I... Um, I adapted this writing from, from Sarah Young, which is based on Acts chapter 17. When you depend on me continually, your whole perspective changes. You see miracles happening all around, while others see only natural occurrences and coincidences. You begin each day with joyful expectation, watching to see what I will do. You keep your plans tentative, knowing that my plans for you 
are far superior. You constantly live and move and have your being in me, desiring that I live in you and you in me. And, and this is the intimate adventure that I offer you. Today, um, today as a congregation, we come together for, for two purposes. First, to, to simply thank God for his goodness and his mercy and his loving kindness to us every day of our lives. David, um, David said it this way. He said, the, the Lord is my shepherd. And because of that, I have all that I need. He enables me to, to lie down in green grass. He leads me beside quiet waters. He, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through some, some dark places, even though I walk through some, some hard places, even though I occasionally have to walk through, through the valleys that, that's where, where death is, is all around, I, I'm, I do not fear because he is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. And he prepares a table before me, even in the presence of my enemies. And he anoints my head with oil, and the cup of my life overflows. Surely his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness shall be with me every day of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so the first purpose for us being together today is to thank God for his goodness and his mercy and his loving kindness every day of our lives. But the second purpose is to affirm that the best is yet to come. I've entitled this From Water to Wine. It, it references Jesus's first miracle, which happened at a wedding in Cana of Galilee. You can read about it in John chapter two. What happens is at the wedding reception, they run out of wine and Jesus turns containers of water into wine. And then the host of the party says this, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheapest wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have served the best until now. You have saved the best until now. And so we're here to, to thank God for these 40 years and all that we have experienced with him. And for me, just, just speaking for myself, this, this has been a better story. But I want to tell you, the best is yet to be experienced. In fact, the Apostle Paul said, it's, it's going to be far better. In, um, in preparation for today, Pastor Tim organized gatherings of persons who have been part of our congregation since the beginning, as well as some, some current leadership. 
And it was interesting listening to different people because each one has their unique set of, of, um, of memories. But one of the shared memories that, that emerged from, from all of us is the, is the influence of prayer and prophecy in the development of our lives and the church. And so what I'd like to do today is identify six uh, prophecies that have been formative in the life of, of, of our congregation. Uh, but in part, I share them today because I believe they're still significant for you and me today. Uh, before we uh, embark on these, the, the first one is going to be uh, shared by Mike and Cindy Clark talking about a dream and a vision. And then we'll hear from Ben and Linda Hobson sharing about a, a culture of prayer which has, which has permeated the life of the church. I'm Mike Clark and this is my wife Cindy. And uh, we were uh, there at the very beginning. <laughs> and it was, it was kind of a, a rocky road. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes when God gives you things, you're not real, uh, even though you know it's God, you're not real sure uh, exactly what to do with it. And uh, uh, We were up north camping and um, it was one of those nights that um, it was a dream that I felt God spoke to me in um, and it was it just seemed like it was a different from any other dream and uh, so when I got up in the morning I shared that dream with Mike and I said I think God told me that um, we're gonna separate ourselves from them and that um, Bob Koch is going to be our pastor and we hadn't known Bob Koch personally, and we are going to meet at uh, Linden Valley Banquet Hall, and we are going to have 30 tithing couples uh, to support the church. And um, I took that to, um, to Mike first, because we had a teaching that you should confirm uh, dreams and prophecies by three witnesses. And so Mike was my first, and then I went to our mentors that were kind of overseeing us and leading us and uh, with, uh, with Harold and Marie McMahon. And then I took it back to the, uh, the life group that we were in in the upper room. And it was uh, all a go. So everybody felt that that was what God was confirming and uh, that's the, the direction we took. We had uh, set up a couple meetings with Bob uh, beforehand, which was um, miraculous in itself. and. Um, he took all of his credentials and everything, his uh, future and his retirement and everything, put it right on the line because the, the denomination he was affiliated with said, if you even preach one Sunday uh, in that church, you're going to be done. And um, he had only met just a handful of us. And it just amazes me that uh, in faith he, he walked out and uh, said, I'm going to go with them. And uh, it was just really neat to see the pieces fall together. I remember the first Sunday, it was like, I wonder who's going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> we had no idea. <laughs> uh, 
but our parking lot was full. And we did meet at Linden Valley Banquet Hall. Um, as God told us we would, uh, we happened to know the owners, and um, he gave us a good deal. We didn't know we would have to be cleaning bathrooms and picking up beer bottles in the parking lot and stuff, but uh, we did that for quite some time. And we set up chairs. We had everything in a moving van type thing uh, that they loaded and unloaded every Sunday. One dollar's well, worth of work mm -hmm. for probably, what, 12, 12 people? Yeah. At least, at least a dozen people involved. Take, taking down tables and moving them and getting chairs up and putting up banners and, like Cindy said, cleaning, trying to get the smell out of the air. At that time, uh, the charismatic movement was just taking off and uh, God's anointing was just on, on anybody that was seeking him. And we traveled a lot as a group uh, to different places uh, trying to find God. He was, he was there all the time with us, but... Uh, it was quite an experience just traveling to different churches and meeting different people and, and just that hunger for the Holy Spirit and to, to see the power because it was all new to us to see the gifts in operation and uh, just the power of God fall on people. And it was um, uh, not acceptable in a lot of churches. And so we felt like we had the secret, you know, and we wanted to share it with everybody. And um, sometimes people didn't want to hear it. But God was faithful uh, every time, and he showed up every time, and uh, he just gave us that, that holy boldness uh, to witness for him and, and the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, here we are. We're in the upper room uh, where many of the things uh, started here for our church when it was called the Lamb of God Fellowship. And uh, we used to have uh, men's meetings up here, uh, we had uh, the youth group that we were leading at one time up here. Uh, we also had elder, elders meetings up here and a lot of prayer. And uh, that was our focus is, uh, is the prayer. And uh, we had Pastor Thampy in this room and with the men's group. And we've had some powerful times in the spirit. And it's just been a, a wonderful upper room. <laughs> and this is... Uh, this is sacred space yes, uh, in the summer of 1981 uh, week after week uh, this room was filled with uh, hungry people hungry for God and it was uh, out of those weekly meetings in this upper room that the decision was made to to launch the the church mm -hmm. and uh, actually as a sidebar this is a sacred space for Sherry and I because <laughs> when when we came here uh, to pastor we didn't have any place to live and so we actually lived uh, in this upper room for three Ooh. months until we were <laughs> able to to find a home uh, here in Clio but uh, as Ben said prayer uh, has been uh, mm -hmm. been formative in in the life of our congregation yes our times together downstairs um, drinking tea while Ben's gone to work um, we just uh, we became a family so and then it, it just enlarged more people kept coming and coming so we all just considered ourselves one big family so yes. it's a beautiful time I'd get up in the morning and Pastor Bob would be on the table downstairs typing away back when you used to have to use the typewriter he'd be banging away on that thing getting prepared himself for the different services and things and it's been a wonderful glorious time and uh, this is a special place and it always will be the upper room. Yeah.
This room was <clears throat> um, Pastor Thampi stayed here. Yes, Mariama stayed here. Mariama, the new probably. And then remember, was it Ortiz, Pastor Ortiz from uh, Brazil? Yes. And he, that was during the World Cup, so he stayed with us. Oh, yeah. And he was... Uh, <laughs> He was pretty fired up about his yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He really but, enjoyed that. I mean, if you think about uh, in, the, in the Bible, there's a, there was a widow who had a, upper, or had a room, an upper room, I think it might have been, for the prophet was Elijah who would stay there. And I kind of felt like this was always kind of that space, too, was used for all these people who would come to our church that you guys would yeah. take mm -hmm. care of. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know if you want to say anything about that, but... I just remember uh, there's been a lot of amazing people that have spent the night in this room yeah. Oh, yeah, too. Yeah. There was one time when uh, uh, we had like uh, with the Thampies, there was a, almost like a vision of little children up here. The angels. And she saw just, angels. She saw angels coming up up here and it was just you couldn't um, you couldn't plan anything like that. It just all of a sudden you could just uh, feel the presence and and see them in the spirit. So. Yeah, she said she'd she'd seen angels before, but she'd never seen uh, you know children like angels. And what was so ironic about that is that Sunday morning at church, she had all the children come up and prayed over them. Yeah, that gives me tingles right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one one of the things about our our gatherings here in this upper room is. Uh, uh, like you talked about how spontaneous they were mm -hmm. and uh, the, the scriptures talk about everyone when you come together everyone brings a, yes. a word or a, or a hymn or a song or, yes. and uh, that, that was the, the dynamic in, uh, in this space that uh, yes. nothing was, was organized or orchestrated other than by the Holy Spirit That's right. and uh, there was so much participation and, and just wonder and uh, love of God, that, uh, that that just really formed the the heart yes. uh, and the philosophy of, of the church. It was uh, it was real life. That's <laughs> it, right. was, it was it was it was raw, uh, <laughs> but it was wonderful. Yes, all preparation for what's going to take place now, the advancing of the kingdom of God in a mighty mighty way, beyond what we could ask or imagine. All we have to do is be seeking and we'll find and asking or not the door be open to us and yeah. uh, just a hunger yeah. yeah blessed are those who are hunger and thirst they will be filled yeah just uh, think of all the, the the people that are in the kingdom of God because of yes. Linda and, and Ben Hobson well. and uh, we have no idea the uh, the scope of the lives that, yes. that you have touched uh, in, in Christ Jesus We've been the blessed ones out there, Pastor. <laughs> we have, yes. So, 40 years this day, um, as we are watching this together, yeah. Did I mean what? What do you think? <laughs> did you have Did you have any idea that that this would be part of the journey that God would have you on as things were starting out in this little room? We're in this little room now, and now it's expanded to. 40 years worth of amazing ministry and, and church. What's your, what's your thoughts about that being 40 years now? Well, well the thoughts are when uh, the Lord got older, Linda and I, uh, 
he just uh, flipped our biscuit. He turned us upside down, right side up, and uh, we were just on fire for God. And we just really, we had a hunger for whatever you wanted to do, and so we were available. That's, uh, we just, just wanted more of what God had for us. Yeah, yeah I felt like we were always just, uh, always expecting something to happen. You and, um, you know, we just uh, didn't close the door on anything. It's just we really felt the spirit, you know, was behind our whole lives. And, you know, we're just just so happy that we were part of the, the growth that we could see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah. yeah, we really didn't have a lot of plans, uh, other than other no. than uh, God. What what do you have for that's, us? That's true. That's yeah. And he and yeah. he led us in ways that yeah. I don't think any of us could have yeah. asked or or even imagined. Yeah. And uh, just so yeah. many divine surprises yes. and gifts. Yeah. Uh, oh yes. Uh, and and suddenlies. Yes. And. Uh, uh, and of the increase of his kingdom, there mm -hmm. has been no end. There you go. Yeah. And, yes. uh, and, it, and he continues. And there's more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think about just the importance of prayer. That it was the foundational component that started this whole thing. And that's, that's where, as we have been praying together and following God's leading, uh, God has shaped our story together. And that's also how he does it for us as individuals, mm -hmm. as prayer. So we just want to encourage everybody to have that uh, life of prayer and dependency upon God because none of us really can tell no. where we're going, but mm -hmm. we know it's good if God's yeah. pointing, yes. pointing us that direction. So The power is in prayer. Nothing can be done without the Holy Spirit moving on us. Yeah. It's done with prayer. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank so, you for your faithfulness yes. for 40 years, guys. Come on. It's been an amazing journey. It's been a, it's been a journey. <laughs> Let's keep it going. Yes. <laughs> Praise Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me show you a, a photo. This photo um, reminds me that prayer is not something that we do uh, in church or in religious gatherings, but prayer is a way of life in Christ Jesus. We have, been, we have been called out of our private lives into the, into the ecclesia, into the church, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the vision that, that God gave us in 1981 when this congregation was launched was to build a fellowship of believers who know God, not who just know about God, but who know God experientially and then in turn make him known. A second prophecy that um, beyond the, the initial dream that uh, has been significant for us uh, was actually given as a prophetic song in the early 1980s. And it included this scripture that everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that what cannot be shaken will stand. And as I revisited that prophecy with this uh, group of people, um, I, I realized that, that this prophecy could have been given last year or last week. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken, so that what cannot be shaken will stand. 
But Hebrews 12, 28 goes on to say, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and with awe. One of the, one of the formative scriptures in my life is, is Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul asks this question. He says, in, 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 what shall we say in, in response to this? And you can, you can fill in the blank for yourself. What shall we say in response to this? What shall we say in response to a poor, to a, a, a bad diagnosis and a poor prognosis? What shall we say in response to a pandemic? What shall we say in response to broken relationships and, and alienation and estrangement? What shall we say in response to, to losing our job? And then, and then Paul gives us the response. What shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who or what can be against us? Listen, if God is for us, who or what can be against us? He who did not hesitate to spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, can we not trust such a God to graciously give us all things? Who will bring any accusation, any, any condemnation, any charge against those whom God has chosen? Because we have, a, because we have an advocate with the Father, and his name is Jesus. And then the Apostle Paul uh, concludes this section by saying, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. A third, um, a, a third prophecy that this group of persons reminded uh, or remembered is when the Spirit of God spoke to us about enlarging our tent and lengthening the cord and expanding our tent stakes. On the day of Pentecost, God said this, In the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. You see, under the, under the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, God had a, a limited number of people. The Scriptures refer to them as, as the chosen people. But with the coming of Jesus and the establishment of a new covenant, God enlarges his tent to all humanity. In the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. For God so loves the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever, whoever believes in him would not perish, but would know life eternally with God. For God sent his son into the world and into our lives, not to condemn us, but that we would know this great salvation. And, uh, and, and part of that salvation is receiving the, the fullness, the, the baptism of his Holy Spirit who dwells with us in all of, of, all of his fullness. 
So in Acts chapter 8, Peter and John go to the Samaritans, and the Samaritans are filled with God's Spirit. Peter and John, they didn't even like the Samaritans, (laughs) but to their amazement, the Samaritans were filled with God's Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 10, Peter discovers that an Italian military officer named Cornelius is, is baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the disciples begin to realize that when God says all, he means all. I'd like to um, show you some extra photos, but um, the, the photos represent the, the reality that, that with in, in increasing passion, uh, we, we enlarged the tent, enlarged uh, our vision because we realized that, that God, that that's our Father's heart and he, he wants all to come to him and to know him and to experience him. We've always valued different ages and different people groups uh, because in these last days, God is, is pouring out his spirit upon all, all people. The fourth um, prophecy is when, the, is when the Spirit of God reminded us that the body of Christ is for healing and, and for wholeness. Uh, Peter said it this way, He himself bore our sins on the cross so that, so that you and I would die to sin and live for righteousness. And then Peter says, by his wounds, by his stripes, we are healed. Two two Sundays ago on August 29th, we talked about life groups and how those have been a part of our congregation since the beginning and continue uh, today. Life groups are a a place for for healing and and wholeness. we talked about celebrate recovery as a, as a place for, for healing and, and wholeness. And then we, um, we also remembered the, the cleansing stream ministry. Uh, there's a, uh, the, uh, the, this was a, a ministry that was part of our congregation's life for many years. And we sent teams all around the, the, the region of Michigan and to, and to multiple states, uh, ministering the, 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 the cleansing, the cleansing deliverance of, uh, of Jesus and uh, healing and wholeness in, in his name. Before I identify two other formative prophecies, I'd like us to hear uh, a story of healing and hope from, uh, from Sue Noble. Hi, I'm Sue Noble, and in 1981, my husband and I had a very sick child. He had had um, two open-heart surgeries, two cardiac arrests, and was about to go for his third open-heart surgery. When a friend of mine told me about this new church called Lamb of God that she was attending, and she wanted to put him on the prayer chain. So, of course, I said, 
yes, put him on the prayer train. And they decided because he was so critically ill that they would do a 24-hour prayer train. So when he went into his third open heart surgery, he was covered in prayer 24 hours, totally covered with prayer. And um, Matt survived the surgery and came home and Doug and I decided that we wanted to go to this church and meet these people who were willing to get up at 3 a.m. and 2 a.m. and pray for our son. So we went there and um, we never left. We stayed there and um, through the years, uh, we asked for prayer many a times and many a times the people at Lamb of God were there for us. They prayed with us. They prayed for our son. And in 2016, our son got his miracle and he got a heart and a liver through a transplant. And I just want to say that Prayer is what has, has continued to keep him here with us. And um, in Mark eleven twenty four, it says, "If you whatever you ask for, if you believe you receive it, it's yours." And for forty years, me, my husband, and this church believed that God would give him a new heart, and He did. And so, if you have something that you're praying about, don't give up because prayer, God answers prayer. For the first uh, decade of our congregation's life, as, as Mike Clark uh, commented, we used rented facilities for, um, for our Sunday worship. Um, now, we, we had multiple outreaches that, were, um, that functioned out of out of the Shepherd Center in, in downtown Clio, but we really didn't have a church building per se. And, and one of the benefits, there were a lot of downsides, but one of the benefits of not having a church building is that the Spirit of God made it so clear to us that, that we are the church. And I remember people used to ask me, well, well where is the Lamb of God Fellowship? And I'd say, well, right, right here. And, and people ask, well, where is real life? Well, it's, it's, it's right here. But in the early um, 90s, we started to uh, explore the possibility of construction of a, of, a, of a building, of a church building, and also the possibility of, of relocating to, to Montrose as part of that a building project. And um, it doesn't seem so right now, but at the time, that was a big decision. I mean, it was a big decision. And there, frankly, wasn't um, agreement. There wasn't unity about that decision. But as we, as we wrestled with it and as we, as we prayed over that decision, the Spirit of God spoke to us these words, to cross the river, to cross the river. And almost immediately, there came a, a unity and a peace to that decision. 
Now, I, I remind us of that prophecy because right now and, and going forward, you and I will face um, a multitude of, of decisions at different times and in different ways, in different contexts. And some of the decisions you're facing right now or will face could, could be wrenching decisions. But I want you to hear this assurance from Isaiah in chapter 58. The Lord will guide you continually. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs, even in a sun-scorched land. He will strengthen your frame, and you will be like a, a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Finally, um, over the last 40 years, we've received a, a number of prophecies uh, that, that focused on our identity, that is, who we are in Christ Jesus. And the Holy Spirit would, would remind us that this, this is who you are. This, you, are the, you are the imago Dei. You are made in the image of God and redeemed by His Son, Jesus. That you're, you're, a, you're a person of value, a person of worth, because I have bought you with my own blood on the cross. And the, um, the Spirit of God also prophetically over the years spoke to us ab about our authority in Christ Jesus. And Pastor Tim has been instrumental in sharpening and helping fulfill what the Spirit of God is saying and, and doing. I'd like to uh, I'd like to conclude this morning by praying Ephesians uh, 3 for us. His intent uh, is that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and to the authorities in the heavenly realms. According to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and with confidence. And so for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that, that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know, to know this love, even though it surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or even imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and to Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and forever.
Amen.